Greetings, fellow imps. I'm Imp Fossil Tom Hensky, and I'd like to welcome you to From Nowhere to Now Here, Where Incarnate Memories Prevail. Like many incoming first years, I entered the university a blank canvas. You get it, nowhere. But four years later, I grew to now here. And when I look back at that transformation, it was the friendships that I built through the imps that were a huge part of that growth. But where did everyone end up? I'm going to take us on a journey to find them, to catch up with the friends we've lost touch with. And in doing so, my mission is to rekindle these amazing relationships. Welcome back, imps. I've got a first for us today. You've been asking and asking and asking and asking and nagging and nagging. And now we finally have on the show two current, yes, current imps. Welcome to Tev and Joe. How are you? Hey, I'm great. <laughs> right. Well, we have three. So well, I think we're going to uh, stumble on each other a lot today. But you know what? Heck, we're going to have some fun doing it. It's the first uh, episode where we've had three people on it. So let's rock this out. So I want to ask you a bunch of questions that were submitted to me uh, by the imp fossils. So in no particular order, are the Z's up to their same stuff? Just raise your hand and go ahead and start talking. Go ahead. All right. I'm both happy and, and a little bit regretful to inform you that the Z Society is the same Z Society that all of you remember. I think I looked at that question. People are wondering if Zs are still up their own, and I'm, I'm not going to repeat the next word. But I'll say that there are certain enduring characteristics about the Zs. And, you know, I want to be charitable. I want to give everyone the chance to show that they're more than just what their society defines them to be. But I think the Z's are, are still themselves. Yeah. So the Z's, the Z's are the Z's. Um, we are in the same kind of predicament with them. I don't know how you remember them, but based off of like how people have been talking about them in past podcasts, it seems like they're in the same kind of boat of being in these high student leadership positions you know, having the same Z characteristics that we're, we're known not to have as M. So polar opposites, no need to worry about that. And yeah. Talk to us about what the imps are like today. Okay. So I'm here to tell you that the imps are invariably extremely attractive, funny, smart, hell-raising, exciting, dynamic people. Um, I do think that the imps are doing a good job of recruiting people who are movers and shakers at this university, but not in the way the Zs are, right? We have this idea of the Z society being, you know, the sort of UVA elite. They're involved in, like I said, student council, they're Lonnie's. Um, you know, we're Lonnie's too, but we know how to make fun of ourselves in a way that the Zs don't. So, uh, let me think, just to name a few of the people that we have in the Imp Society right now that are wonderful and powerful. Um, we have my Sib, Tatev Gomsyan, who's on the call with us right now. She is a senior resident in the Eccles Humphreys dorm. We have plenty of HRL powerhouses throughout the Imp Society. But at the same time, these are people who know how to have a laugh and um, know that even though a lot of us do have really important jobs at the end of the day, it's important to be able to have fun as well. Um, the other thing that's true about the imps is we have a ton of people who love to party and dance and throw pranks. All of the stuff that the Z's uh, seem like characteristically incapable of doing. So I would say that in general, we're a group who, you know, like I said, has a lot of responsibility and I'm really proud of being around a lot of people that have a lot of responsibility. Don't know how much responsibility I have personally. But um, these are people who know that, um, you know, we're here at UVA, not only to learn and have responsibility, but to have fun, right? Cool. So, Tatev, let me throw it to you. What traditions uh, are you still observing? We can kind of start from the beginning. Um, a lot of the 
A lot of the traditions that you might know of might be the transfer student um, event that we host back in early August when classes start. That's something that actually didn't exist for a couple of years before um, before we we joined the society. Um, so we don't even know when the last time that was done was, but we brought it back this year. Um, we threw a, a mean tr- uh, transfer student bonfire um, in August, had a great turnout, um, and it's something that transfer students were talking about for for a while afterwards and we still you know see them around and they remember us and say hi and say that you know it was like a great experience um having welcoming uh welcoming you know arms um at the beginning of the year um so that was that was a hit um in the beginning of the year for us but some other things that i could list in terms of traditions um obviously we still have private initiation um, our public tappings where we march across grounds and pick up, uh, you know, all, all the noobs from, from their different locations and end up the night partying. Um, so that's, that's another thing. Um, fab is a huge one. It's actually coming up in April, um, which is faculty award banquet. If, um, y'all need a refresher on that. Yeah, Tom, um, sorry to interrupt. Did you do the faculty award banquet when you were in it? Was that a thing yeah, that we absolutely had that. Absolutely. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Talk, talk yeah. about that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for the faculty award banquet, we recognize a faculty member at the university um, and they're, you know, handpicked by the M. So we nominate them and kind of discuss their qualities and, you know, what makes them a great award recipient. Um, we end up inviting them in our impish ways. Um, and, uh, you know, having this event for them. Sorry to cut you off. Um, when we pick a faculty award banquet recipient, which is someone who's usually displaying impish qualities, causing good trouble around the university, and just in, in general, enriching mm-hmm. the quality of our faculty by their presence, um, we march to their office with our horns and pitchforks to present them with their invite to the faculty award banquet. Um, the event itself happens this year on April 15th. We're hosting it at The Graduate. Um, you can come if you're interested in coming and you're a fossil who's listening. Um, we'll include some details in the email that comes out with this podcast, but you can also email us at society.imp at gmail.com. Um, but we will take the FAB recipient and all of the fossils who come and all of the current actives. We will all be dressed in beautiful black and red suits or dresses and um, eat a meal, have definitely plenty of drinks, take photos together before we announce the faculty recipient and give a short speech on why we think they embody the qualities that ought to be recognized at this university. Um, A little COVID note on FAB, that was another one of the events that fell to the wayside during the pandemic because it was just not feasible for us to host a dinner with 60, 70 plus people in one room. Um, And that means that last year's faculty award banquet, which also took place at the graduate, was uh, totally fresh. No one in the society who was helping host that faculty award banquet had actually experienced a faculty award banquet before. Um, And I think considering that hump of difficulty, it went really, really well. We recognized um, Professor A.D. Carson, who is a professor of hip hop in the music department here. He's doing really interesting work. Um, and I personally am a student who takes a lot of classes in the music department. So I was really happy to see someone recognized, but I had a great time. We met a ton of fossils from a bunch of different class years. And it was really special to have people um, come and sort of share what the society was like for them. I honestly like could have spent all night talking to a few of these people and learning just like, you know, what was different if you were an imp in the nineties versus being an imp now. Um, so what's your homework look like in the hip hop class? So A.D. Carson teaches a class here called writing rap. I didn't personally take his writing rap class. Um, I'm a jazz musician, but I know a couple of people who have as part of their music major requirements and it's writing rap. The homework is, you know, you basically, by the end of the class, you've produced a full mixtape. Um, A.D. Carson's a really special person because he, is, as far as I know, the first American academic to have submitted a mixtape as his thesis for his PhD. So um, if you're curious, like you can go find A.D. Carson's website and listen. He wrote a mixtape and then also some, you know, academic um, document accompanying the mixtape. 
as part of his PhD thesis defense at, I think, Clemson. Um, and now he is a tenured professor or up for tenure here at the University of Virginia. Okay, thanks. Sorry for that side note. That's uh, I don't remember there being a hip hop class, although I can think of a couple of people who were imps who would have been great in that class. If Ted, Jeffers, <laughs> Ted, if you're listening, that might be the only class you would have gotten an A in. Right? Think about it, right? Maybe, I don't know. So we'll, we'll go back. We'll, if you're listening to this, Ted, you'll have to let me know if they had hip hop, hip hop TJ for you while you were there. Tell me about the king and the coronation and what's going on with that. Is that the, what's that process look like? So coronation starts with, um, you know, us kind of deciding who's going to be next court. Um, I think in recent years, we have made a new we have made a new addition to court, um, which is Jester. Shout out Joe Kerrigan, who is also on this podcast. He is our current Jester um, in charge of alumni connections, and he's the one who sends out our fabulous newsletters. Um, uh, you know, outlining all of our societies. Uh, activities and news. So that's been that's been our newest addition. Um, since you know we want to try to have more connections with with alumni, um, keeping them in the loop with how society is going nowadays. So um, now we have four on court, um, including King, Queen, Joker, and Jester. Um, coronation is probably one of my favorite events. Um, we get a plus one. Uh, sometimes plus two to the event. And we send out emails directly from the society um, Gmail. And it's this, you know, just impish looking email saying you're invited um, to the lawn for festivities. And we give each person or each plus one um, a different costume or theme. Um, and they, you know, get to choose what they come as and, um, usually we end up, you know, pairing them off. And so they they show up to this event and find their, find their pair who has the same theme. Um, and it's just a very fun, fun time. Um, and, you know, we, we crown the new King, the queen Joker and Jester um, during coronation and the night ends in a imp style party. Well, you know, the next question I'm going to ask what old imp fossils want to know does the king still get to be pelted with fruit? What is that? I read that <laughs> and that none of us, maybe we've just gone soft over the years, but I've never even heard of that happening. And I feel like fewer people would be running for king if they knew that was on the table. No, no, it's a badge of honor. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> what happens? Oh. Yeah, they just, they sit there and they get pelted by different fruits, soft fruits, not like hard apples and things like that, but they get pelted with fruit. That's the whole thing. Okay. We might have to bring that one back. Yeah. It's not that's right. I'll bring it back, but I won't warn the king first. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah, maybe we'll just keep it a little like secret, but they'll know probably from the year before. But okay. Um, so uh I'm gonna ask you this question, and you could answer in code because this is a, a public podcast. Where are the meetings held now? Okay, so for fear of any Zoomer ears on the podcast. Like okay, well, talk said, low, talk low, because they yeah, might hear Okay, me. Talk a little low. I'll talk, I'll talk quietly, and I'm also going to answer in code. Um, many of you had secret, secret imp meetings on a certain day, at a certain time, at a certain place. And I'm pleased to let you know that, as far as I know, we do meetings at the exact same time, on the exact same day, in the exact same place under cover of darkness. So that's where it's happening. And, so you're talking you know, about that would be Mondays at 6 a.m. all the way up on in one of those farms on 29, right? Yeah. yeah, that's right. About 45 minutes north. Yeah. So if any of the Zoomers are listening, 6 a.m. on Mondays, that's where. Come, uh, yeah. And, and, if you want, and I'll put that address in the show notes uh, in case <laughs> any Zoomers want to take advantage of it. Okay, cool. Well, what are the traditions that are going on that uh, are maybe new um, or maybe old? Anything else that's on your mind? Joe, come on, go ahead. Give me something. Yeah. So I'm happy to talk about a couple of new traditions that we have introduced. Um, I think probably since you were an imp, Tom, and you can cut me off if, if they don't seem new to you. Um, 
I'll start with raise one for Rehan. So this is fitting because March is the Rehan Badalinage month of remembrance. Um, Rehan was an imp and he was a Theta Ta member. He was a university guide. He was actually involved in a ton of different things who um, unfortunately passed away, I think it was four years ago last week um, while he was a fourth year um, at the University of Virginia. And uh, as with some other imps who passed away um, tragically and unexpectedly, we host an annual um, memorial event um, where we just get the whole society together and we try as best as we can to share stories about that person and just sort of um, resurrect their memory for the collective to you know encounter and process. So Raise One for Rayhan happens during Young Alumni Reunion, which is a weekend that happens early during the fall semester. And the reason we do it then is because a lot of people who knew Rayhan closely and personally um, are still young alumni and they're coming back for YAR right now, or like they're coming back for YAR this year and, and in previous years. Um, and at Raise One for Rayhan, we uh, set up a table, a folding table um, on the lawn and we cater bagels and we have some drinks made, usually trash cans, which were Rayhan's favorite or mimosas, which are um, suitable for Sunday morning fare. Um, we play some music that Rayhan liked. Some people in the university guide service created a playlist of his favorite songs and uh, we have um, borrowed that playlist from them and they've graciously allowed us to do that. Um, we also have some physical artifacts that we show to everyone who's there. There's a letter from the Seven Society stating that they had the intention to tap Rayhan, which I think is really nice. Um, they gave that to Rayhan's family, um, and now we get to look at it when we're remembering him. There's a book in which uh, a bunch of people have written down stories about Rayhan and all the different ways that he's impacted him, that impacted them. Um, so that, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of all the memorial events because uh, I'm someone who didn't know Rayhan personally, but uh, his story is really impactful to me. I have included in past newsletters and at this point I'm obligated to include in the email. Um, Rayhan gave a talk at something called UVA Double Take, which is kind of like a, a story hour thing that the university put on a couple years ago. Um, and I found his story really moving. It's about finding yourself in a new place like the University of Virginia and, and learning to love your surroundings. So as someone who resonates with that story but didn't get the chance to know him personally, um, I really appreciate that we have a memorial event that lets me feel close to someone like that. I also, I don't know if you want to offer anything, Tativ. I know you actually got the chance to meet Rayhan and I didn't. Yeah, um, just a quick add-on. Um, I did meet Rayhan very briefly. He was actually my guide when I was touring UVA. Um, and it was, you know, the summer, well, the year after when I when I enrolled, when I found out that he had he had passed away. So um it, it was a bit of a shock to me. And, you know, he was a big part of the decision um, for me coming to UVA. And that's that's a story that I um, that I that I tell often. So he he was someone that made an impact um, in, you know, give him give him one minute and and he's going to he's going to make an impact on you. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the impression I had of him. But um, shifting gears a little, um, if you don't mind, we. Um, in terms of tradition, some things that we we do internally as as imps um, in the in the past couple of years um, are you know get-togethers. So um, this past Thanksgiving we had something called Impsgiving, um, where we hosted a pot potluck um, at an active's house at Joe Kerrigan's house, um, and we each brought you know a dish or a drink. Um, and it was right after actually following the tragic events of November, um, where we kind of used each other as uh, support um, in our community. And it was just a beautiful moment for us to be able to get together, um, enjoy a meal and kind of hang out um, as friends, um, you know, outside of process and all of our all of our more uh, 
established tradition. So that's something new that we did that we absolutely loved and hope to continue in the following years. Um, and along the same lines, in the past year, we started back up um, an event called Fourth Year Farewell, uh, where at the end of spring semester, we all got together again in a potluck fashion to send off our fourth years, you know, talk about our favorite memories uh, and kind of have this last moment together before our fourth years graduate. Let me ask you this. You just uh, put something in my memory. Do you keep the book of minutes anymore? Is that Does that still exist, Joe? Yeah, so we have a binder of like physical record in history. I, I think this is maybe what you're talking about. Um, that goes, I don't know, at least a couple, it, it goes several, several decades back. Like there's a letter from the Pabst Corporation to um, James Rogers McConnell, because I guess he wrote the Pabst Corporation saying like, we are the M Society and we really love your beer. And they said, thank you. Oh my um, God, what what year was that? Well, gosh, I, I it must've been before, cause what? McConnell was was killed flying in World War One, so um, holy cow, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's it's it goes way back. So maybe we're talking about different binders, but we have actually. Um, I think that binder used to just be passed from king to king, and then um, there were concerns that like some of the stuff is becoming too historically valuable for us to just let it loose. So it's in the hands of special collections now. Um, the special collections library has a imp cart and upon request, they will roll the imp cart out and it has, um, a bunch of physical artifacts going, you know, I guess that must, it's at least a hundred years back. Um, so let's say, okay, let's go with a hundred years back. That reminds me of Phil Gates. Phil, if you're listening, you were probably in the imps, probably at least a hundred or 200 years. (laughs) You've had some staying power. Talk about keeping healthy, right? So if we wanted to, if Phil wanted to try and recollect something that happened a hundred years ago, is it as easy as going to special collections, finding the general timeframe and then pulling that binder out? How would that work? We have to request in advance when we want to visit special collections, just because um, I think it's that they re- they require that an employee goes and pulls the stuff you're looking from for you. You can't um, just barge in with Cheeto dust on your fingers and start paging mm-hmm. through secret society history. Um, but uh, and and on that note, I'm sorry to say that there aren't super um, organized archival efforts from the society in terms of like us going through and, and really rigorously itemizing all the things that we have in that binder and um, on the special collections cart. But if someone like that were sufficiently motivated and interested, um, they absolutely could just pull up to special collections. And if special collections for some reason had a reason with some, or had a had an issue with someone being an alumnus and not a student, um, you know, we would be more than happy to organize a visit on their behalf. We organize a visit for all of the new incoming imps um, during their three-week sort of initiation period. Um, And the feedback we get from that is really consistently positive. I think that especially for our new members who may not know much more about the imp society than as the people who yell with the horns on, um, it's really powerful to make a like genuine, tangible, physical connection with the, you know, just extensive history that the society has to offer. Um, So if that's something that you're interested in as a fossil and you can make it down to Charlottesville, um, that's something we'd love to hear about. You can always reach us for stuff like that at society.imp at gmail.com. Got it. Got it. Uh, So is it the type of thing where you're having the new, newly inducted imps look at the prior, let's say, two years of kind of log and getting familiar with what happened just for fun to kind of get a feel for it? Is that is that how it works? We kind of use it to motivate them and, and get them acquainted with what the society is and our history, um, and it helps them put things in context. So we usually send them um, to special, collect- special collections the first couple of days of 
um, after their private initiation. So, you know, they get a better sense of who we are and they they get access to pretty much everything that's in that book and, in that, and on that cart. Um, so they get to look at all the historical artifacts, read through them, look at the pictures, um, and they usually come out of it like with a newfound sense of, wow, this, this is some cool shit. Like we're, we're in the society that, you know, dates back all these years, um, has been through all this history. Um, and it really gets them motivated to continue on with the rest of process and be part of the society. Okay. I'm yeah. going to do my best impersonation of Ross Wiener, who was the, uh, the catalyst for starting this podcast and our get togethers over COVID. I wonder it would be so cool if alumni could go back 10, 15, 20 years later and be able to see what was going on in the minutes because every, all of us, you'll find this in a couple of years, you have revisionist history of what actually happened versus what you think happened. And that history gets way more interesting the longer you're out of school, by the way. That might be a cool thing to do to be able to digitize it for that yeah. group so that we can look back and selfishly, you could start for you guys for the year prior for the new imps to come in and just get it on some sort of digital document. So we could just kind of plow through it and look and say, okay, what really happened December 1st of, you know, 1994, right? And you could have it into those years, go and look at that. That might be a very cool documentation. Anyway, just food for thought. Yeah, okay. that would be great. So, okay. So now tell us what else is going on? What's going, you know what? I got a lot of questions on the, the number of imp paintings on the buildings versus Z's and sevens. And someone yeah. made the observation that they thought that there was a different proportion that they had seen in the past. Did you, do you see that? Did that, is that, are we making that up or is that maybe accurate? It could just be that I'm subconsciously tailoring my route to like how many imp signs I'm going to see, but I know where the imp signs are. So I tend to see them more than the other ones. I kind of have the blinders on when I'm walking by a Z. Um, but the question of the imp signs on buildings is, is actually a really interesting one, right? Um, I saw that in one of the questions submitted, it was asked if we had to like go out and repaint them. Um, the good news is we don't have to do that. Uh, facilities handles that now, which is so cool. Um, we've just reached the point where like these society tags have been on these buildings for so long that they're considered part of the historical value of the university's architecture. And therefore they are maintained by people who are a lot better at maintaining the tags than we are. Um, as for getting new tags, I saw that question and I think I'll actually have to get back to y'all on that. Um, I have looked, we have looked into it and the consensus from looking at some past um, research on that is that it's basically, if there's a new building coming up, we're going to have to find the person who's in charge of that building project and reach out to them. And they will probably be like, what, why? And then maybe if we offer to donate some money, they will, you know, uh, allow us to put our name on the side of the building. So, um, you know, we do have new buildings going on at the university, right? If you're on the IV corridor, we're getting um, what the Contemplative Commons building on Emmett Street. We are getting the School of Data Science in a hotel um, just right near Emmett and Ivy. Um, so there's plenty of opportunity to get new imp tags. Um, this is me binding myself to go look into this and then um, perhaps in a future newsletter, see if it's gonna take some crazy like raising of capital to make it happen. Um, but I'm with y'all, I wanna see more imp tags. Um, as for getting imp signs on existing buildings like the Aquatic and Fitness Center, I also think that would be awesome. Someone asked about the AFC specifically, um, it would be great. I think the process would be more or less the same. We got to figure out who's in charge of that and then see what they're going to make us do um, in order to let us put our name on it. But um, also, as far as I know, uh, other secret society tags, I, ha I don't know that there's a super organized effort to keep track of where there are or aren't uh, tags from like the Z's and the sevens. Um, I haven't seen new ones to my knowledge anytime recently. I think if there are new ones, they're coming up with new buildings. Um, and in that case, I think it probably is that uh, whoever's in that other society thought to donate some money to um, 
the campaign, right? That was, you know, because they are fundraising aggressively for this new data science building. Um, so that, that that's one way that we have some leverage to get our name on stuff. Cool. So let's, let me switch gears for a second. How big is the group? So we tap normally three groups of five during the school year, um, two in the fall and one in the spring. So um, those classes, in addition to non-graduated imps, by the end of spring semester, we add up to around 30. Um, and currently we're at a capacity of 33 um, imps. So that's that's usually the size that we end on um, right before fourth years graduate. I was going to say, we don't have a magic number either, but what we found is that tapping three classes of five a year um, strikes the right balance in terms of making sure that um, the classes are small enough to feel really intimate and close to one another, but um, also not overwhelming us with the amount of tapping we would have to do if the classes were any smaller, because um, it takes a lot of work to plan these public tappings. It takes a lot of work to get these people up to speed on what it means to be an imp. So, um, you know, appreciating at 15 new imps a semester and roughly 15 imps graduating every semester um, has been what we've what we've settled on, but it's not set in stone and it has changed before. Cool. And who's the liaison nowadays between the imps and the university? There's usually for my years, it was Wayne Cozart and a couple of other people. I have a feeling I know who it is, but why don't you just you give the answer so everyone can hear. Um, we have our lovely Bo and Countess, um, who we meet with, um, not regularly, but who, who, you know, are there for us whenever, whenever we need. And they've, they've graciously, um, you know, agreed to help us out when we're in a little pickle or, you know, with anything that we need advice or opinions on. So Bo and Countess, shout out to you. Yeah, and to be clear, that's Bo Greenwood, who's the Senior Director of Development in UVA Giving, and Countess Hughes, who is now, I think she recently got promoted, the Assistant Director of Assignments in Housing and Residence Life. Yeah, I asked her, I'm going to come back to school. I want to live in the dorms again. It's like <laughs> do, do a Rodney Dangerfield back to school thing. So yeah, <laughs> I, I have very particular needs, though. It has to be in the right dorm. Location has to be right. She needs to soup it up a little bit. I need to have like a little bit higher standard than the normal dorm. So uh, she's working on that for me right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to make come back and go on. You're the kind of resident who keeps her up at night, man. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a disaster. (laughs) Everyone on this uh, podcast knows for sure. That would be a disaster. Okay, cool. So what else is going on? What other questions should I be asking about? Do you want to hear about um, how we're screwing around with disease? Yeah, of course I want. I want it. I should have let off with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like everyone wants to hear that. So um, we were reading the questions, and someone asked if we had ever crashed a Z meeting. And I have never crashed a Z meeting. I know that this is going to shock y'all, but trust that it is now on our radar. And if we have not crashed a Z meeting by the end of the semester, this will all have been for naught. Because I think that would be really fun. We do suspect that the Z's are meeting at the exact same time on the exact same day we are, just because we have some actives who are who are friends with some Z's and are noticing the same patterns of leaving um, that we have when we're going to meet with one another. So crashing a Z meeting is going to happen soon. Another fun Z thing that's coming up that I think is new, and you can tell me if you had this before, Tom. Um, did y'all do beer Olympics with the Z's? Have you ever heard of that? No, but I could like tell you without a shadow of a doubt that we would have crushed them in every exactly. way form. And we still no. do. And we still do. No contest. They okay, are so. so soft. They are so soft. <laughs> if, if if I ever found out that the imps lost to the Z's, I would come out and clear house. I would become the king, the jester, and the queen, and I would totally bring in a whole new breed of imps because it would just signal to me, if you lost that, that you guys just have lost your way. Well, we'll try to avoid a vote of no confidence from you. Um, but so we, we do this thing once a year, and this is actually like, it's it's become one of my favorite things because I think it uh, tells you so much about the dynamic between the Zs and the imps in like one night. But um, basically, a couple weeks before graduation, 
um, we go on the lawn and we have like an organized gauntlet of drinking games. And the fourth year Zs who have not publicly revealed themselves yet, almost as like a sort of token of recognition, come and play drinking games with us. So we get to figure out who the fourth year Zs are before anyone else. Um, it's really fun because there's a ton of speculation. Like, you know, we have our ideas of who Zs, some of them aren't ideas we know. Um, and, you know, we get to tell people, oh, I'll see you tonight. And they have to play dumb, like they don't know what's gonna happen. Um, and then we play some drinking games with them. Traditionally, this has been organized sort of ad hoc by um, the, the imp and the Z who are closest friends. And uh, even though such a relationship is, is strictly verboten, there always does end up being like one imp who is like best friends with a Z. Um, and we tolerate it because it helps this event happen smoothly. And they come together and agree on a set of drinking games that we're gonna play. Um, but it's also like, I know, I know that like we, we do win for the record, we win and, and it's not close, but they do try to skew the games towards their advantage. Like one time, I think this was, this was two years ago. Um, so when I was, when I was a second year, um, we did this beer Olympics thing and the Z's had planned to have what was essentially like not a beer mile because it was on the lawn and we couldn't run a mile, but a beer race. So you chug a beer and then you run some relay. And then, you know, when you finish your leg of the relay, the next person chugs a beer and does their leg. And um, at the time, Charles Snowden, who played for the football team, was a Z. And it was just like, are you kidding me? It's like none of us, none of us are going to be able to compete in, in the relay part. We can hold our own in the drinking part. But the relay part just seems like you were picking to Charles. Anyway, so we did lose that game, but uh, we won on balance. And you know what? Beer Olympics is fun because not only do we learn that, uh, the, that the imps are winners, but that the Zs are sore losers. Like when the Zs start to realize that they're losing at these drinking games, every, you know, moral goes out the window. It's, it's like lying, cheating, stealing left and right. They will, you know, they will point at the sky and tell you that it's green. Like they will do anything it takes to rationalize that they have won because the Z mentality is to, you know, be superior on any metric that exists and they can't handle that we're better than them at something. It's, it's really sad. Yeah. They're an uptight group, uptight group. So uh, any other practical jokes that you can remember that we've played on them in recent history that you could talk about? Do you want to talk about the uh, the fork they vandalized, Toto? You got it. Okay. You can tell. So, so something that happened, this was a, a whole episode. Um, during some public tapping a couple years ago, we were hosting this public tapping on the lawn because it was really nice. And it turns out that doing public tappings on the lawn is really fun. Tata and I's other sib, Paola, uh, had left her pitchfork, which we put a lot of effort into making. The pitchforks are quite scientific now. We use the architecture school's laser cutters to make them. Like, it's not an exacto knife anymore. I, I helped make them. I got trained on the laser cutters just for this. Um, but she left her, you know, her prized, precise engineered pitchfork inside of someone's lawn room with the door closed. And um, what we discovered later was that two Zs figured out her pitchfork was in there, opened the door to someone else's room, went inside, took like a knife and carved a Z into the head of the pitchfork and then left a little note saying, Z you later. And um, we were understandably like pretty frustrated by this because um, those things take a lot of effort. They're like kind of expensive to make also. Yeah, can, and, you, you, know, can you send us a picture of that so I can put it in the email? Just, you know, not like that now, but yeah, give me a picture for that. I think everyone would love to see it. Yeah, I actually, we do have a picture of that. And um, so in retaliation, um, I mean, first of all, we knew who did it. And um, we didn't want to say their name publicly because one of the people who was involved in maiming this pitchfork was in the middle of her uh, presidential campaign for student council. And as much joy as it would, you know, give me to like completely sabotage Aziz run for student council, we did think that it would be like kind of stepping over the line um, as a society to like 
you know, uh, sabotage a, a presidential bid. Um, so instead, we printed out like more than 100 posters. One of them is sitting above me, and I can include this in the email also, that says, if you see something, say something. And it's basically one of those like wanted posters, except saying like, if you see a pitchfork, you need to leave immediately. Like pitchforks are a sign that, you know, failure to, to do so may result in good spirits, revelry, and an aversion to elitism. <laughs> we also made posters supporting a fake presidential candidate named Zathaniel Kleptoff, who was renowned for his uh, respective property rights, his respective others' personal space. Um, and told one story about the time he returned a friend's precious dining fork to them unscathed, um, sort of as like a foil that only the person who did this would understand, um, and then posted them like down all the columns of the lawn um, where where one of the perpetrators uh, happened to live. So um, that was just one incident that comes to mind. Um, and it also tells you, just speaking of the Z-Imp dynamic, that um, despite their reputation, they're kind of involved in the, in the pranking now. And honestly, I really like pranks. Um, so in my opinion, it's all for the better that they initiate stuff now too, because it means that they can try their pranks. And of course, their pranks are always going to be sorry excuses. I mean, that one was just breaking and entering. Um, and we're going to do it classier and better when we respond to them. But uh, the spring's always a good time for pranking also. So, so look forward to that. Good. Let me ask you this question. I got a few questions about the imp rings. You know anything about the imp rings? Oh, you have one on. I like <laughs> it. Look, great. So tell, oh, you both have it. Okay. So tell me about it. Obviously, people have them. They're wearing them. What, where do they get yeah. them nowadays? How? You know what else someone wanted to know? How much do they cost in today's dollars right i'll test the person for that yeah um so we actually do still get rings um we place a we place two orders per year on average um and we the past couple of classes um you know if they so choose to have a ring um have purchased one in terms of price um, we have two different types of rings, um, which are the women's ring and the men's ring, and they range from $289.59 to $368.55. So um, that's kind of the range of the, the price for the rings. Um, and there are silver rings uh, that we purchased from Schwarzschild Jewelers. I don't know if that's the same jeweler um, that you guys used to get rings from, but it's right... Um, it's it's near here. It's like a five minute drive. Okay, so you'll yeah. give me the the name of them or the link, and then that way we could put it in the show notes. So if anyone's jonesing to get a new ring or lost their ring, that's what happens after like twenty years. You lose your stuff. Right. So actually, um, we recently had a fossil reach out to us um, through email to purchase a ring, and he did reach out asking to replace a ring, and um, I placed an order for him. Um, that's it's the queen's job. So if anyone wants to reach out, um, they can reach out to us, um, you know, through the same email, and I can get them um, a link to submit a form um, for the ring, and, and we can go ahead and place place an order for them. Um, we can ship it out to them, or if they're in the area area um, or happen to be in Charlottesville um, in the next, you know, in the weeks following their, their order, they're welcome to come pick it up. And we'd love to, you know, meet fossils whenever. So we should make it it's that awesome. they have to come and pick it up and it has to be on exactly. the, the meeting right. day or night, which I won't say what that is right. because we wouldn't want to be interrupted by any Z's exactly. and they have to bring mm -hmm. the beer or whatever to the meeting. <laughs> Right. PBRs only, PBRs only. Yeah, 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 right. You got you to keep it classy, right? Exactly. Totally got it. Okay, cool. Uh, what else? Anything else that going on that we should be aware of? Any public service stuff going on? Yeah, so that's one thing where we're looking to improve in the future. Um, something that's really unfortunate, I think, about the pandemic. And I know for a fact that IMPS are, the, are not the only organization um, that has suffered from this kind of effect is uh, they just have like a devastating impact on the sort of organizational capability of the group you're in, right? Because for us, IMPS went into COVID and there basically was no IMPS for, you know, the greater part of a year and a half. We couldn't gather outside, you know, we couldn't do tappings. We couldn't gather inside together, right? 
Um, Tatev and I got tapped, I guess it was, gosh, it was uh, April, 2021. Yeah. So we're coming up on two years and um, we were tapped completely on Zoom. Like instead of getting Lord to some location, I was Lord to a Zoom call <laughs> where it was like, surprise, you know. Oh, um, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that it's sucks. it's pretty rough. Yeah. But look, I'm, it, it worked, right? I'm still here. And like, <laughs> in fact, we're actually like, here on court and we're, we're, you know, still invested in the society. Um, so that's to say that a number of things became difficult because of the pandemic and remain difficult. One of them is like, we just don't have a lot of excess spare income right now. And we do not have the reserves that the Z's or the sevens have right now. Um, and what reserves we do have from the very generous donations of fossils, which by the way, thank you, you are donating. We do see it, and you're the whole reason the M Society continues to operate. Um, we want to be able to put towards doing events that are very public in an imp way. So we would like to continue doing public service. Um, I would like to think that the transfer student bonfire is kind of a step in that direction. I know that it's not strictly a service event in the sense that you know we're not um, out there uh, picking trash off the side of the highway, but um, we are looking at a group of people who. I think can tend to be sort of left at the margins of the university, right? Transfer students arrive here. They have a very different road to UVA than the people who have been here for the entire four years have. Um, a lot of them are sort of confused about what it means to be a student at UVA. And there's all these conf confusing things like the M Society at UVA that just no one bothered to fill them in on. Um, and that's why I'm really happy that that's an event we brought back. I was told when I when I stepped up that the reason the transfer student bonfire went away was because it was too expensive and we couldn't afford to um, rent a venue that we could host a bonfire at. So we said, well, let's think about how we can do this event in a way that is going to be friendly to the budget we have access to. That meant that we're not driving out to some cabin in the woods anymore. We're not hosting a giant bonfire. We are, you know, renting a house from a local fraternity and we are putting a fire pit outside and roasting marshmallows. Um, we were able to invite, I think, close to 60 or 70 transfer students. And we do that by asking the administration for a list of new transfer student computing IDs and then lottery style inviting um, as many as we have capacity for at the event. Um, and like Tatev said, we had a great time at the event. We still bump into some of these transfer students that we invited to this event back in the fall and they will recognize us and they'll say, I just like, I love that event. It's such a positive memory for me. I had no idea what was going on. And one of the first things that happened to me at UVA was the Imp Society sent me an email asking if I wanted to come to a party. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. You know, on that budgeting thing, what you might want to think about is I think if you if the fossils had some transparency as to what the money was being used for, I think they would be totally down with that. So like maybe it's the type of thing where you work it through Bo or Countess, where basically you said, what's your wish list? Because they actually the UVA Parents Fund does something very similar to that in allocating money to clubs. So yeah. I think we would be very powerful in helping you with that as long as, you know, I, I think the they don't want to use it for like alcohol, like in yeah. parties, but if there was something else that you thought was great and they knew it would be administered through Countess and Bo, I mean, sure. have at it. we should do that. Well, and that's, you actually give me a good opportunity to hop on my soapbox for a second, if that's okay. But, um, you know, we, we know, and so I, I'm the jester, right? This is a new role and alumni outreach is my charge, right? My job is to be talking to fossils. Um, and telling you about all the wonderful things we're doing. And I know that um, in the past and like even up to now, the communication that we've received from current actives to the fossils has not always been continuous. It has not always been transparent. It has not always been satisfying to you all. You know, you have questions like, why am I not getting invited to events? Why would I give you money if I'm not confident it's just going to be, or if I'm confident that <laughs> I'm not confident that it won't be spent on just alcohol and hanging around. Um, and I understand that I wouldn't give my money to a group that I thought was just going to spend it on alcohol. Although um, we might, we might, I mean, not necessarily, <laughs> and, we might. And other things, right? Um, 
And I want to say, if you're someone who was an imp and you're interested in making a closer connection with the society as it exists today, um, and you have not already done this, the first step is subscribe to our newsletter. Um, I'm personally trying to do a good job of telling you all at least three or four times a semester, hey, this is what we've been up to over the last couple of weeks. We have done this event, this event, this event. We tapped these five people. Here are th some things we have coming up. Here are the dates they're on. If you are going to be in town or want to plan to be in town for them, you should email us and we will tell you exactly where to be so that you can come hang out with us. Um, and I, I hope that the people who are getting these emails and receiving them um, are feeling satisfied by the increased communication we're having. I've gotten some really good feedback from the people who have chosen to respond to me. And I really appreciate the people who are giving me feedback because you know, we're sort of just learning this as we go as a society. But, um, you know, I, I really do try to do a good job of expressing to everyone who's on the newsletter. We want to be doing more service oriented things. We want to be doing more things that are impish and not just the kind of things that the Z's would do as a service project, right? Um, and we want you to feel confident that the money you're giving to the M Society is materially improving the experience at the university um, in the way that the imps should be improving the experience at the university. So, you know, I, I really do encourage you, and I'm going to say this a million times, but like, if you're not on the newsletter, we're going to include instructions for getting on the newsletter in the email that distributed this podcast in the show notes for this podcast. And if that doesn't reach you somehow, you can email society.imp at gmail.com. Just saying, Hey, I want to be on the newsletter and I'm not, and I'll just put you on. I won't even send you a link. I'll just, I'll just put your email on and you'll start getting them. Um, cool. Two quick know. questions. Cause I know we're butting up against the end of our stuff. And there are two things that people want to know about dirty joke banquet. Does it still exist? No, yes. we, we did not the, really the only way that, we found out about that is um, through this, you know, shared folder that we have um, from years past that used to be a thing. And from listening to your podcast and I've just been like, what, what is this? I mean, it makes very, very funny. Like it, it seems like it was a good time, but I think in the recent years, um, people have found it problematic to the point where they just don't do it anymore. So we haven't done it for a while. I was going to say like, it wasn't even a decision we got to make, like we got here and it wasn't a thing. Yeah. Wow. Is it was there a reason that it stopped? I was told that um so actually could you jog my memory what what happens at dirty at the dirty joke? It's just a, a party and everyone has to bring a joke and they, every person has to stand up and tell their joke. Oh, well that doesn't sound so bad when you put it. Like I that. know. My gosh, I'm like are you guys soft now? <laughs> that you that We're now we can't even have a dirty joke anymore? Is that what the society has come to? My goodness. I'm having you know, a heart attack here. Please. <laughs> We're not soft, but the imp society is. No, like, not you, not you. I mean, society. <laughs> yeah, not, oh not yeah, a, yeah. Well, maybe we're too. Oh, we can't have a dirty joke now. We can't even yeah. look and talk to each other anymore. Is that what's going on here? I I will say though, like imps have to be careful. You know, um, I don't know if you know Dean Caruccio. Do you, I, I forget what she's. I don't remember that. She's no. a, a new appointment in the office of the dean of students. Um, prominent and powerful Zoomer, and um. We have gotten a lot of flack, like as an organization, um, and I can't even go into the details, but some of it is for stuff we did do. Some of it is for stuff we didn't do. So like just this week, um, the, the some incoming noobs um, put some chalk on a Z, right? You know, they, they drew horns on a Z on the rotunda steps. We got an email about it saying we have to go wash it off. It's just like we are in a position with the administration where we have to play things um, very safe in some ways. And I know that fossils want to know all of the rambunctious, crazy things that the imps are doing. And I promise, I promise we're still rambunctious. We're still crazy and goofy. Um, but we're trying really, really careful not to get like disbanded because we do one thing that's just not acceptable for the administration. Like we want to be on the right side of admin. Um, and the story I was told with Dirty Joke was that it happened a couple of times and there was just someone said something really offensive every single time to the point where they just nixed it. But, uh, um, okay. Uh, if, here's, but, a, here's a less offensive question. College in, 
is that where we do the the post party public party if you know what i mean um, so we yeah. no longer the our private um tapping occurs at which <laughs> is i guess private information but um that's really the only bar we're in in works with in terms of in terms of any um process yeah. things but i don't know what exactly would happen at college and but now our public tappings occur either on the lawn or um or in houses um around the corner so yeah like i think they meant the uh what i meant by the question was the uh after the private tapping then you go yeah. and share the war stories of what went down <laughs> and you usually we used to do it at college in we do that at so Tom's already spilled the beans but we I, I know that you all used to make up excuses to try and get people to come so you could tell them that they're being tapped privately like yeah. you would make up some some uh like oh there's an honor case against you and we need to talk about it yeah um I think the ones now are less mean-spirited but we do lie like Basically, if you want to get someone somewhere, you come up with whatever lie you think is going to be like most likely to get them to a place. Um, so like I had to be lured into a Zoom call. The guy who tapped me was my senior resident, and he told me that he was interviewing for an RA position for his PhD program, and they needed a former resident as a reference. And it was on the West Coast, so it was going to be at like 9 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, and also like there's a beer on your doorstep, please take it inside. You'll need it. And I was like, what? Okay. So we still do that. And we have a bar tab at the once we bring the people in. It's honestly like another one of my favorite events, because I think the experience, if you're like someone who doesn't know a lot about the imp society is um, absolutely insane. When you are led down under false pretenses by a close friend of yours, you walk upstairs to the we're chanting their name and then there's a bar tab open for you. It's just like, it seems like larger than life. It's super weird. The best day of my life. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, so let's close it up. I'd love to hear from each of you uh, about what do you think the best thing about being an imp today is? I 100% would say the connections and friendships I've made through the imp society. It's definitely become like one of my favorite communities on grounds. Hence why, you know, I decided to be on court and have, and have more, um, more of a role in the society, but definitely the support that we show each other um, and the friendships that we've made, especially since um, we now really emphasize uncommon connections. Um, and oftentimes we bring in people that we would have never met otherwise. Um, so I think just, you know, bringing in people from the university, from from different corners of the university who are all, all involved in different things, but are all making impacts in their own little corners, um, I think has been incredible. And just like the people that we've met through it all. Um, has been worth it. So yeah. Yeah. All right, Joe, you're up. Come on. Sounds good. It's going to be hard to follow that up. That was quite sincere. She's good. That was pretty good. Um, we'll have to we'll have to cut this out of there. You could you could say whatever. I'm just going to cut it out and edit you out <laughs> anyway. So well, go ahead. Try me. Maybe you'll say perfect. Something. So I like not only the uncommon connections, but the fact that we are able to hang out in public. Here's a bit of imp Z lore. Um, every time we meet the Z's either after they become public or like during the Olympics. The one thing they say to every single one of us is, I wish we could hang out like you guys hang out. Like we see you hanging out together on the lawn. We see you walking together. We see you, you know, you're sitting on a blanket when it's nice. You are all together at after a night out eating pizza. And they're like, we want that. Like we have become friends through this the same way you have. But um, except for the few people we know through other channels, we have to pretend that we don't like each other, right? That we're not like best friends. You know, something I'll, I'll brag about and to get more people to subscribe to the newsletter is uh, we recently um, got a hold of a leaked Z manual from the year 2011. So it's a little bit dated, but it, this is like a 60 plus page PDF of all the things they do all these little events, all the rules of how they're tapping people. And one thing I learned from reading that manual before this call is that um, when a Z sees another Z out in public, but they're not allowed to acknowledge each other, they rub their nose. 
like the nose rub is like a secret salutation they give to each other. <laughs> and that is hilarious. Imagine having to do that. Like what a ridiculous thing to have to do with someone who has grown to be one of your best friends. Like I can't imagine not being able to invite Tateb to my birthday party, you know, like, it's just like, we have grown so close in the two years we have been going through this stuff together. Um, so if you want to read the Z manual, I'm going to include some excerpts in the next newsletter. That should be reason enough for you all to go sign up. Whoa, that's a great teaser, Joe. That's a <laughs> great teaser. I don't know what line of work you're going into afterwards, but <laughs> that's great. There's a great Believe it or not, Joe was a computer science major. <laughs> yeah, oh software God. engineering. It's all right. We're gonna. You didn't come off as dorky at all, at all. Thanks. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome, but we love it. That's uh, that's great. Anything you could include in that newsletter, we'd love it. And uh, I'm sure you could partner up with Bo and Countess to make sure that you're getting the maximum number of uh, imps that you could reach out to, the fossils, that is. So that's great. Hey. I love it. Okay, thanks, well, great. Well, hey, thanks for being a part of the show and taking your time. Thanks for being the first current imps ever to be on the show. And we, we're going to have all the stuff in the show notes that we talked about. And then some we're going to align better with the current and the fossil imps. Uh, we've got big plans. And uh, I know the work we'll do will last past your days at the university. But when you get on the other side, then we're going to put you to work on the fossil side and making sure we keep that relationship growing in the right direction. Awesome. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Take care, guys. Hi there, Tom here. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about my other podcast, Total Sense. As you may know, after my time as an imp, I went on to become a financial advisor. Okay, stop laughing. Don't act so surprised. In each episode, I share advice to parents about how to talk to kids about money. As a parent, I know how difficult that money conversation can be, so I hope you'll listen and find it helpful. It's Total Sense. C-E-N-T-S, as in money, available anywhere you get your podcasts.